Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. For somebody who has been always able to find something to laugh about or some reason to go through it and be positive, I couldn't find it. And that was terrifying. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Okay, so we're doing something a little bit different today. Earlier this week, singer, actress, and mental health advocate Marie Osmond came to Raleigh for Evening of Hope Gala at the Angus Barn Pavilion. I had a chance to spend a few minutes with her in her hotel room at the Umstead. We talked about growing up in celebrity life, mental health, and the challenges and blessings of parenting. It was an emotional few minutes, and I'm so thankful for her time. We were going to draw straws at the office to see who actually was the lucky one to get to come. Oh, dear. Today. No, seriously. <laughs> and so I, I don't ever play the boss card. <laughs> I played the boss card. I'm like, sorry to tell you. You're so, you're you so can cute. go to something else. And How I also want to tell you? you one personal story. So when I was a little girl, I have one sibling. And my mother, I wasn't thrilled about her having another baby. (laughs) And so her gift to me before she left for the hospital was a turntable and five 45s. One of those was paper roses. Oh my gosh. I was, I was, I was like, are we about the same age? We're close. I was like six or seven years old, but it was just one of those where I still have that little stack. Isn't that funny? And it, it, she wanted me to have something that was big girl. So, so it's a pleasure. <laughs> so cute. Thank you for taking time. Oh, heaven, it's not a problem at all. Uh, this is really fun for me. I don't do a lot. Uh, I've not done a lot of speaking. And I did one other event like this, and it was really, it was really lovely. There was, it, there was a nice feeling there afterwards. Yeah. And I thought, was, well, this will be fun to do. Yeah. So, Good. yeah. 
can't imagine what it was like to be the age you were when you released that song. <laughs> Just quick description of how that felt at that age to have had that kind of stardom dropped on you. I don't know that I actually really knew the stardom part. Um, I was 12 and a half when I recorded that song. And I remember um, musically, I loved country. And I really chose it too because my I had probably a better shot at being successful if I had gone pop like my brothers or something like that because of their connections. But I love Loretta Lynn. And I love the fact that there was a woman who could have children and be married and be successful. And I thought, man, she wrote her songs and she got in her car, she traveled around, she did. I mean, she was just so cool. That's what I wanted to sing. I wanted to sing songs that had stories and heart to it. I don't know if you know this, but when Donnie started losing his voice, I used to sing his parts on the records. I did not know that. Because we sounded similar. And so I was a lot of the high parts on some of those songs as he changed. Well, the the musical people that were involved at that time, they heard me and then I did a demo called Code of Many Colors mm -hmm. and that's what led me, Sonny James heard that. Yeah. And that's how I ended up going to Nashville to record with him, so. What a great story. But it was just one of those things that I didn't realize what was happening. What was happening. I just knew that that's what my family did, and I just assumed every family did <laughs> Every that. family did. So. Well, I laugh because aren't you glad there wasn't Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and it's TikTok? It's amazing, right? I, I don't normally say this, but I have four children, and I think, I mean, I, my parents did a wonderful job, I think, but I can't. it was so much easier to raise children back then, I think, than it is today. The, the pressures are different. I think it is. I think that... I look at Instagram and all of that, and it's kind of like, maybe a little bit like my childhood where I was very visible. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a private life. Right. And I think that that's put a lot of children in that same situation, that um, it's thrown them into that without training. You know, you have to realize everything you say and everything you write is out there forever. I did, so when I did my talk show, I had Paul Anka come on, and he said the exact same thing. He said, I think that if people would have known the things that I have done, I wouldn't be Paul Anka. <laughs> it's and, true. And he said, you know, because we, I trashed hotels and I did things when I was a stupid teenager. And he said, but it wasn't all over the headlines. Right. You know, we just fixed, no proof. We fixed it with the hotel owners. <laughs> and he said, but, you know, you grow up fast. But he said, it's it's tough to have everything out there for these kids. I, and also the comparing is very unhealthy, you know, and everybody's showing their best, right? And it makes them feel, you know, their worst. Less than, yeah, less they, than. They feel very less good. than, and it's really hard. It is hard. You've been at the forefront of the battle for mental health for a long time. You were the first celebrity to write a book about postpartum depression mm -hmm. and and share that to talk about eating disorders, to talk about suicide, and. And you're also known for always having a smile and being a happy person. How have you been able to do that? And why? Well, first of all, I had great parents. And I had a mother, being the only girl, and being on the road, not going to public school, not doing all of those things, my mother and I were very close. I mean, there's that time when you become a teenager where I think every teenage daughter needs to divorce their mother for a period of time <laughs> to figure out who they are, and I did that. Uh, and she was lovely about it, too. You know, you need to 
she really let me, I mean, who would let their kid wear eyelashes at 13? You know, my mother was, was pretty hip for the room. But I don't know, I, I never looked at things like I was any different than anyone else. I may have had a different job, but God doesn't care what we do. He cares how we do it. And I think that really helped me because I think if you don't have that higher power to lean on, you can get really lost in the world. I worked with everybody. I mean, name a person. Sammy Davis Jr. taught me to walk on a stage, you know. Uh, Bob Hope was my second dad. I played Scrabble and stuff with Lucille Ball. And I mean, mm -hmm. I grew up with what I call the great entertainers. Yeah. And I think that really helped me step out of that entitlement that I think celebrities can have sometimes where it became a job. And But I always had that, I've always believed in God, not because my parents did, but because I was a seeker of truth. And that has been my refuge, I guess, is just to keep that. To me, faith is, if you take it down to what I would say math, down to its least common denominator, is a positive attitude. And so I've always believed, like like the little boy, you know, all this Christmas morning, there's, you know, all this crap in the room, but he goes, the dad goes, why are you so happy? He says, well, with this much, you know, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> I'm always there's looking always for the something pony. good. There's always, always something, something to, good. Always something to learn. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word Village to 919-701-0202. into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, Catch the big game on multiple TVs or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. It takes a lot of courage to share personal stories because you're putting another piece of your experiences out there, like the postpartum depression or anything else you've faced. Yeah, whether it's postpartum, whatever whatever triggers that, depression is depression is depression. It feels the same, however it is, you know, put into your life. And um, for somebody who has been always able to find something to laugh about or some reason to go through it and be positive. 
I couldn't find it. And that was terrifying. So to understand, you know, God says there's joy in the sorrow. I don't know any joy in any sorrow. But I think the, the joy is being able to look at somebody and say, I understand, and they know you do. That's the joy. And that's what speaking at this point to maybe give somebody hope mm -hmm. and say, look, if I could get through it, you know, this, this terrible darkness that you're in, there is hope at the end of the tunnel. You can do it. And I, don't, I don't know how specific you are about things, but I have four, and people often think, they look at me like, really? You didn't know how they were... <laughs> how that happens before you had four. And you, you have a large family as well. And over the years, you've had to talk to your children about the stresses and comparisons and feeling less than. How did you do that? What, what advice do you have that you shared or are you comfortable sharing any of the how you dealt with your kids over the years? Because it's mean, as, hard, far, as far as... As coaching them on being positive and... and um, not comparing themselves. Well, I think I think it's better to be an example than a preacher. Uh, I I was raised with that kind of a mother and father. My dad was amazing. I was born on his birthday. Oh. I'm legit. I wasn't induced. <laughs> and <laughs> and being the only girl, um, that's a great gift mm -hmm. when you can have wonderful parents. I, I have friends of mine that weren't blessed with that, but they are so incredibly positive. So I believe in anything we have a choice. I think it's good to start letting your children see those choices when they're young. Um, nobody wants to be dictated to. I know I didn't. I'm very, <laughs> I, I need to know for myself. And I just really, you know, it was wonderful to go through things, to have uh, them be there for me. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't believe in preaching at my children. My children are all very different. I have the most eclectic group of children you'll ever have on the planet. The other day I was sitting there going, my gosh, I don't even know how this even happened. But I look at them, same principles, totally different. And the other day I was there looking at them and going, I wonder if this is how God feels looking down at all of us. I gave you so, all the same thing. So different. Yes. And, and, I, and I sat there and I went, no wonder we are loved, because I love them all. There is no way I don't love my children. I, can, I don't understand how you could love one more than the other. You might have things more in common with some, but the ones you don't, they have, I have learned to be a, a broader thinker, and, and a, they've helped me be a better person. And so... Um, I really love listening to them. I think listening is a really important thing in being a good parent. And our and we talk a lot about it. And I know with the issues facing the world out of COVID and the isolation, our children are um, dealing with some big issues. And and it's almost a national epidemic. Sort of what's it is happening? A, it's one in three. I mean, it is that's that are suffering with and, mental health issues, and and it's hard to know. Yes. And from your experiences and what you're going to share tonight, what would you tell a parent like myself who's dealing with a child that you worry is on the, you know, maybe depressed or yeah. maybe being mistreated? Do you have words that you would share with a parent? Well, I'm I'm not an expert but I am somebody who has 
been through, I think, some of the very hardest things I think a parent can go through. Yes. I have children that struggle. Uh, I have a son with, uh, he's on the autism spectrum. I have a daughter who is an atheist. I have a daughter who is gay. I mean, I just have, I have the gamut. I have a son who has gone into seminary. He, that's his profession. He wants to be a seminary teacher. So I really have, yeah. the thing that I love about my children is I've taught them to love each other. My kids are so different, and yet they are ferociously attached to each other. And I think love is the key. For a parent, there's wonderful information out there that can help you. I know I I spent so many hours on my knees, I can't tell you, because I know that a higher power knows better than I ever could. I would say, listen... Really just let your child talk. Don't try to fix it. That's so hard. I know. Because we don't want to see them suffer. But really, sometimes through the suffering, they get to figure it out. And they become stronger. I think with some of my children, I didn't want them to have the pains I went through, and I robbed them from growing up. And... I know my parents let me grow up. So I think, I think you have to um, help them go through it instead of trying to take it from them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Which is uh, a very difficult thing to do, but keep telling them they're strong. They wouldn't have been given this if they couldn't handle it. And I believe that. My children that I have let go through it are amazing. Amazing. It is a hard thing to do as a parent. It's really hard because sometimes it doesn't work out how you want it. Is there anything? I won't, I won't. (laughs) Sorry. No, I won't be at the gala tonight, unfortunately. Um, But is there anything from your remarks that you're going to share that you think our readers, the public, you would love to know in any of the stories you're going to tell or anything, my time's running short, but. You know, I I think one of the things that I try to do is just fill the room. And so we'll see tonight how it goes. Anything I would say, I don't know. I I think you kind of have to be there to to understand it, but just some principles. I'll probably, there are like four things that I learned that are kind of similar to some of the things we we talked about and discussed. But um, when, when I get there, I'm, I'm a person that I ha- I'm prepared and then I let it all go and then I see what happens. Exactly. One thing that I would like to do, hopefully, I thought the time I was supposed to speak was a little bit longer, so I tried to cut my remarks back because at the end, I like to open it up to conversation and, nice. and to see what people, if they have things that they would like to know. And I think that that can be very beneficial for a group or whatever you're talking to. So I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight, yeah. you know? It goes without saying. I think when someone of your stature is willing to share their personal experiences, oh. it helps those of us with whatever we're struggling I with. I believe that by sharing, we we stop competing and we start completing with each other. We complete, we, we become a, I call it sisters in the hood. And, <laughs> you know, because we, we all go through similar things in life. And it's nice to know you're not alone. 
That's what I've learned anyway. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much to Marie Osmond for spending time with us and her support of the Walk for Hope. If you want to support Walk for Hope too, you can visit their website at walkforhope.com. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by Airfluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.